welcome back to another episode of the Eight Tracks Cassettes and Stereos podcast. I'm Nick. What's going on? I'm Mike. Welcome to episode five, uh, and we're officially live on Spotify now. So, um, if yeah, you missed maybe. it on our Instagram page, we made the official announcement last Friday that we are now uh, live on Spotify. If you haven't caught the first four episodes, go back. Binge those, find them, read, read, review, like, subscribe, all of the above. Uh, let us know what you think. But uh, um, if you're a, a loyal follower, loyal listener, welcome back. Um, we appreciate all the upfront support and feedback that we've gotten. Um, hopefully, we can be on the other podcasting networks such as Apple Music soon. We got to work through some uh, logistical bullshit, but uh, you know, let's just get right back to the music and uh and why we're all here so mike what are you being up to lately well we, we talked about this before we started recording i uh need to send a, an apology out to all my all the taylor swift fans that are listening to this podcast and taylor if you're listening as well and you tuned into episode three i might be slightly sorry well i'm not a huge t swift fan uh, i'm not a swifty I take back what I what I said about her not being Super Bowl halftime material. I I think her early stuff is pretty stellar. I'm a huge country Taylor fan. I'm just not a, not a fan of the new stuff, and that's okay. That's the thing about music. They say like whiskey, you know. There's there's no favorite whiskey. There's no good whiskey. It's all about the taste. You have the Buffalo Trace Basic, the $24 bottle, which is fantastic. Might be better than some of the more expensive ones. It's like music, you know. There's no right or wrong answer. Taylor, I love you. My my Taylor fans that I offended, I might be slightly sorry. I just like her early stuff more. And that, I, I don't think that's Super Bowl halftime material. The new stuff, sure. So I've been contemplating that for a while, ever since we, we published live on Friday. Got a lot of hate for it. I feel bad. At the time that you said it, I I feel like if I uh, stepped back in time, I, uh, I kind of knew that you were going <laughs> to get a lot of flack for that. We weren't live at the time, and I knew that the minute that uh, we decided to go live, that uh, that you were going to get uh, shit like on for those comments. Takes, you guys will find out quick. I'm a huge fan of the hot takes. I say some pretty outrageous things that a lot of people aren't going to like, and that's okay. Well, and some people might not like the, that comment I just made, but you got to roll with the punches like Rocky. You know, ding ding. Is what, is well, what it comes down to. You're big. You're uh, that's very big of you to apologize. And uh, yeah. you know, it, you know someone, I think, someone in particular is going to be listening to this. She sent me a text. Someone that's that's affiliated with you, and I felt really bad. Especially maybe my Kansas City Chief comment, but maybe I'm not that sorry about it because it's kind of true. Credit to you. Credit to you. Proud of you for <laughs> uh, for apologizing. Um, so I guess out, outside of catching a lot of flack from uh, from Swifties, what have you been up to, guy? Um, so after we recorded episode four, I went to a store in Arizona called Bookman's. It's like a, for all our local Illinois people, it's like half price books on steroids. And I bought the Concert for George. We talked about it with Austin. Concert for George is awesome. If you haven't listened to it, it's on Spotify. It's uh, it's a George Harrison memorial concert. It took place a year, exactly a year after he died. Eric Clapton, Jeff Lynne, Tom Petty, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, 
Um, my guy, Ray Cooper, um, it's got stars upon stars that come together, play George Harrison music. So I bought the concert, I watched it, and I've been getting big into to benefit concerts. Like Bob Dylan's 30th anniversary, My Back Pages, phenomenal song. Um, I've been trying to get into Bob Dylan and company, you know, Neil Young more, Bob Dylan, trying to appreciate that. Because my friend told me, after he listened to like episode two, I think it was where I talked about my musical journey. He remembers Jack Black and School of Rock with like the ruler tapping on the board about the history of rock. And I feel like I've annexed them. And I want to open the door more to buying into Bob Dylan. And I'm preparing for an absolute nosedive into the Rolling Stones. Well, I guess I can say that you're definitely overdue on Bob Dylan. I don't know why it's taking you this long to get uh, to get on the train, but uh, you know, at this point, I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna hate. I'm just gonna welcome you in with open arms into the light, and uh, I'm happy that you're finally uh, accepting him into your life. You know, I'm not accepting it yet. I'm definitely opening the door and saying, "Hey, come on in. I'll invite you over for dinner." I don't know if I'm gonna kick him out yet. All right. Well, why don't you start just listening to the hits? And then I think the first album that I would recommend to you is Nashville Skyline. I so, I have the vinyl. I got to listen to it. Yeah, I know you have the vinyl. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah. I kick myself every time I didn't buy it multiple times in a store. So yeah. um, the next I've decided next time I see it, I'm definitely getting it. Most of the reason, though, is because it's got, uh, you know, a little Johnny Cash feature on there. So, and, mm. you know, I'm a big cash man. So, mm. yeah. But I guess yeah. maybe if you want to just educate our listeners a little more, like why is the concert for George like so important to you, but also just like into um, why is it so important or impactful to the music scene in general? Well, if we dive back a couple episodes, George Harrison and the Beatles made a big influence in my life. Remembering when I was a little kid in the basement in my family room, listening to the Beatles anthology, using pillows as drums and George Harrison's definitely like my guitar influence. And every time I watch the concert, I kind of get goosebumps because it's all these people that have come together and they tell a story and they play his music and it's fun. And it's just a great way to to memorialize him. Cause that's the point. It's not like a bunch of guys getting together, playing the music, but the goal is to, remember that one he died when he was 54 from lung cancer and two to kind of show how many people he's influenced big stars so that's why i enjoy it and it's not just music it's comedians too so it starts off with ravi shankar and his daughter and they play all this indian music and then it goes to uh monty python playing their quick songs and then it goes to uh like the whole second half of the show is what eric clapton says the western music the westernized music so the first half of the show is like comedy and indian music um so it's not only him you know influencing people in america and europe but his influence spans worldwide 
Yeah, I guess hand up. The, only, the most of the reason I ask is because I've never actually sat down and watched the concert oh, for George. Like I obviously know why it's important, and that you know, not to uh, you know, if you haven't listened to episode four, go back and listen to it. But I know your guy Ray Cooper is uh, is jamming in it too, so had yeah. to give him a shout out. He's oh my god. And then the DVD too, he inter- he's like gets an interview and it's just, you know, it's legend Ray Cooper talking about legend George Harrison. It's pretty cool. Yeah. For sure. Well, sounds like you're you're uh, you know, taking a step back in time, getting back more into your roots, like you've been saying. So uh happy to hear about Bob and uh and also Rolling Stones too. So Yeah. I guess in terms of what I've been up to, um, I've been doing a bit of a deep dive into the Allman Brothers um, and then also on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, also Audio Slave. Um, hey, yeah. So they've do, I don't know what or why or, you know, what the reasoning behind them showing up on a bunch of my like Spotify curated playlists has been recently, but um, it's been heavy, heavy uh, Allman Brothers and uh, Audio Slave. So I know, you know, we were talking about that with Austin on the last episode and stuff, but you know, Audio Slave just has absolute heaters. And to think yeah. that they were born out of Rage Against the Machines. And then, mm-hmm. so like Rage Against the Machines, already huge band, big fan. And then they break up and then they just pretty much slot in Chris Cornell right into that. And mm-hmm. they rattle off about three or four albums of just straight bangers and I've been uh I've definitely been vibing on them. Not that I don't usually because they're on all my uh yeah. you know, my creative playlists, they're on my workout playlists and uh yeah, just been uh just been letting the uh the audio slave and Amon brothers, as you say, uh Amen. ride. I'm more so. of a pistachio sisters fan, but the Amon brothers are still good though. For sure. Um and then I guess the other thing that I wanted to touch on is I know we kind of teased it a couple of times here and brought it up, but I guess, what did you think of the draft that uh, we had last episode? Now that the dust has settled a you little know, bit, uh, what, uh, what's your takeaways? A, this might be a heated comment. And I think the listeners might get upset with me saying it, but I'm just disappointed. No one sided with my team. You know, like I drafted, I drafted pretty dang good, but let me look at the statistics on this one. Okay? I'm all about statistics. Actually, I don't think I could find the statistics. I lied because it was an Instagram story. <laughs> but I think there's a couple biased comments, like one that said, hashtag Team Nick. And then I mean, 8-Track Sets and Stereos commented, the real ones know. That the real ones comment. do know. The real ones I do know. I just don't know if people know Jerry, Levon Helm, and Dwayne Allman. You know, my, it's a niche group. It's a niche community. I but besides you know tooting my own horn, I thought it was really fun. It's good to have Austin on. You guys are in the same city, so you hang out a lot. Um, I haven't. I don't know if I saw Austin the last time I was in Chicago. Probably did. But... I, probably did. But the last time I actually was able to like you know hang out with him was when was in July before I moved down here, and it was good being able to talk to him. It's good being able to, you know, have some debate with you guys. And also, I think it was good because for some of our listeners who may not have known some of the people that we drafted, I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. No, I, I think I, being able to do more stuff like that is good. Yeah. And I feel like, too, I like 
when I was trying to think of people who I would want to be in like my ultimate band or whatnot, like I was thinking like very specific. And then when you guys started throwing your picks out, I was like, Jesus, like, how did I not think of that person? Or like, I would, I would have loved to have had like Chris Cornell, you know, all back to audio slave fronting my band. You guys had a completely different vibe than mine. And I think it's kind of fun because it shows how our vibes are all different. But at the same time, we were able to have conversations and talk about how we're interested in the same kind of music. For sure. Like Austin would want to see a band completely different from mine. Like it's two sides of the different spectrum. Yeah. For sure. Well, yeah, no, we're hoping to put out some more drafts in the future. So, uh, you know, I think we've uh, already got a couple of our uh, buddies fielding, uh, you know, fielding offers to potentially come on soon. So, uh, you know, won't tease any topics or anything like that. But, you know, like I said, like, subscribe, stick around, and I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be pushing out a new draft here, uh, you know, in the yeah. next couple of weeks, no doubt. It's a lot of fun. Um, the and then I guess music world is massive. There's so many opportunities. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then I guess non-music wise, I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but my body is in just absolute shambles right now. I, uh, ran it back over the weekend for, uh, the first of two, uh, consecutive bachelor parties that I'm going on last weekend and then this upcoming weekend. So, uh, if you're listening, be sure to send your thoughts and prayers my way. Uh, I was down in Austin playing a little golf with, uh, with the boys from my, uh, best friend Danny's bachelor party. So, uh, you know, want to give him a special shout out, but also let him know that I'm uh, still feeling pretty dinged up. And, uh, it's been a, a rude cold dose of reality coming back, uh, this week, went to the dentist yesterday, five cavities, very tough. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm just a mess right now and I'm, I'm going to have to run it back next, this upcoming weekend all over again with a different crew. So, uh, you know, having a lot of fun, but at the same time, uh, you know, this body is going to yeah. be taking a beating. So, uh, you know, send your best wishes my way. Um, well, if we're, uh, you know, done with the, uh, you know, the weekly shenanigans, we could probably get into, uh, maybe a little, uh, vinyl Friday recap from last week. So, uh, yeah. again, for those of you that don't follow us on Instagram, make sure you give us the like and, uh, like, and follow there. But, uh, every Friday you can catch us on Instagram and, uh, where we'll be featuring a different album that's in uh, one of our vinyl collections every week. Um, we've had a, a couple going already, and uh, the most recent one that we issued last week in conjunction with our uh, podcast announcement was uh, Rush's Moving Pictures album, which was released in yeah. February of uh, 1981. So uh, just wanted to uh, get your thoughts on that, see what you thought about it, any uh and I'll give you an opportunity to uh, expand on the post and because, uh, you know, Instagram, yeah. they don't give you a ton of characters to yeah, be able yeah. to talk about an all time great album like this. So I, I agree. Well, first, let me start off by saying I slept at the base, man. And uh, <laughs> the real ones. No, that's from it's from uh, I Love You, Man, with Paul Rudd, and Jason Siegel. It's a great movie. Slap uh, base, man. <laughs> I, I agree with you saying it's, you know, there's there's going to be some some Rush fans that listen. Rush is one of the best bands, and let's say let's first start off by saying Neil Peart, who was, I think Austin's drummer in the draft, wrote the lyrics 
right? Did he was he the did he write the lyrics or he write the music? Uh, I mean, he was definitely influential. I think, I think he in wrote. I think he was big in the in the the music, and he was the drummer, which is huge. And let's let let's say Tom Sawyer, YYZ, Limelight, three of their biggest hits in one album. Red Barchetta, good song too. But Red Barchetta is a banger. It it it, it really is. It totally is. I if you if you like good music, like psychedelic prog rock i love 2112 um temples of syrinx is a great song on it but if you just know rush you know moving pictures so i think it's it's cool um it's it's one it's a it's a good it's a good vinyl record to talk about just because everyone knows it um but it was like their first so classic it was their first like commercially successful album yeah. Like we alluded to in the post too. So yeah. like, because every other album's got like like permanent waves, spirit of the radio, and free will. Good songs, but like if you go Bye on by your Spotify streamed, Tom Sawyer, Limelight, back to back, those are their biggest hits. It it took them on a springboard into the radio hits. So I I definitely agree. Yeah. And. I know they kind of they they did fly by night. Their first album wasn't the best. It's got Working Man on it. Neil Peart wasn't the drummer at the time. They kind of went downhill. Put Twenty One Twelve out. Twenty One Twelve I don't even think was a very success, successful album at the time. Yeah, I don't think it was like super critically or commercially successful. It was just like there. Their loyal fan base though. Yeah. Like I think that's when people really started yeah. falling in love with them, and that's when they started yeah. gaining a lot of following. And then you fast forward to February of 1981, well, and they pictures was like a make or break for them almost though, because they went through. But they were starting to build kings and hemispheres though, and they were just like not making it in the radio. And then permanent waves came, and it was like okay, and then moving pictures was like boom, here it is, and then they kind of just cruised after that sure yeah i mean like i said tough to really talk about a uh you know an all-time great album in a character limit so you know there's not really much you can say when you start listing off the uh you know tom sawyer limelight yyz like the album speaks for itself and uh Mm. it definitely goes down as their you know arguably not arguably their greatest album of all time so and like i tried alluding to it a little bit in the post and whatnot but like if you look at each of the uh pieces on the cover art it's all like talking about something else related to a moving picture so like the album is called moving pictures it's outside of an art museum and then there's like four three or four guys carrying art so that's moving pictures and then like there's people on the side like crying because they're being so moved by the artwork by the pictures so like when you start like you know peeling back the layers of the onion on the album cover like it's not arbitrary like it's really cool what they ended up doing with it so you know just little little tidbits little stuff that we couldn't sneak into the post and uh you know we'll try and do this uh you know we'll try and do some more recaps like this because like you'll you'll if you follow me and you follow the page you'll know that like some of these albums like you can't you can just yeah. barely scratch the surface. So the idea is like, yeah. 
look at the post, listen to the song that we feature and, and follow us on vinyl Friday. And then hopefully that, you know, gets you to explore and take a deep dive into maybe some music that you haven't listened to before. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll feature some bangers. We'll also feature probably some albums that you may have never heard of too, but, uh, that's the fun of collecting and that's the fun of, uh, you know, discovering new music. So, Mm -hmm. well, do you want to get into our, uh, our favorite little tape deck talk action here? Segment's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It's because you just want to, you know, get on my ass and, uh, and get me to a split hair. So the, the hot takes aren't really there. Yeah, I'm, I mixed in a couple of different uh, style questions in here for you. So maybe I could go ahead and uh, and get started. So uh, number one question for you today is, in your opinion, how are like huge or like big bands able to persevere when a member dies or quits? And so like I feel like this is probably more skewed to like a member dying as opposed to quitting because... Like if I try and think back to like bands that have quit before, like Metallica, when they're, um, they've like cycled through a bunch of different bass yeah. players. But like when you have those three, it's it's a little bit different when like the yeah. the bass player who's not really that influential in a lot of songwriting mm-hmm. in the band dies. But like the bands that I listed here, like Foo Fighters with R.I.P. Taylor Hawkins dying. Yeah. Like AC/DC when Bon Scott died. Allman Brothers when Dwayne died. Grateful Dead, many members. So, like, in your opinion, <laughs> how how is a band able to keep well, it going when such an important off, member dies? Let me – well, actually, I'm really glad, and you listeners who didn't know me before, I, I do like the Grateful Dead. Okay. And I'm actually really glad you mentioned it because not only do I enjoy talking about them, but I think Jerry Garcia dying – brings in a good point of how some of these bands are able to succeed. And this might be a hot take. So I'm glad the hot takes back, but I think the bands that are able to succeed when someone quits or dies, it's someone that quits or dies. That's not necessarily like crucial to the sound. You know what I mean? But like, like, what about, who fighters so like are they going to keep well, it going without taylor like i've heard rumblings but like there's nothing official know. that's what we'll find out like is he detrimental to the sound you know what i mean like i think bon scott dying they're able to pull brian johnson they're able to succeed because brian johnson can do something different without getting rid of the acdc sound Right. You look at Peter Chris and Ace Fraley getting kicked out of Kiss. Right. Kiss doesn't change because Kiss is Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. It sucks to say because Ace Fraley is such a great guitar player and Peter Chris is a great drummer and an underrated singer. I mean, Beth, but, come on, guy. Yeah. But and Black Diamond, but Kiss is Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. Right. You look at the Grateful Dead. You got Pigpen dying. You got Brent dying. You have, uh, Keith Godshaw, who quit the band, but then he died. But you have Jerry Garcia, who dies, who is the guy. He's crucial to the sound. And the band is not the Grateful Dead anymore. It's the Dead. It's uh, The Wheel, I think, was one of the one of them. Um, and then Dead & Co. It's not the Grateful Dead. It's Dead & Company, right? It's like with Pink Floyd, Roger Waters splits off. 
and they're still able to do the Pink Floyd thing, right? But it's not the same. Yeah. So I think the bands. That but are that's an example. That's an example of one where like the Roger main Waters guy so leaves. Important. Yeah. Yeah. And Subdivisions was not as as good of an album as any other ones. Like I'm a, uh, Subdivisions was one of them, and then I the one with I'm a Turning Away. It might actually be called I'm a Turning Away. That's a great song, but the albums are never the same. Subdivisions right. is a good album. Oh, Momentary Lapse of Reason. And then Division Bell. Sorry, that's what it is. Division Bell is just like a okay album. But they're just not able they're not able to put together the same sound that they had. Yeah. And that's where it kind of crumbles. Allman yeah. Brothers had Dwayne, but Dickie Betts, it was Dickie Betts and Dwayne Allman. They were trading off the solos. Dickie Betts is still the most Greg. underrated guitar player. And they still had Greg. So you're able to have Dickie Betts, you're still able to have that sound, you're still able to have the drummers, you have Greg Allman, and then you pull in another guitar player, you virtually get the same thing. Yeah. I guess you could yeah. say that like Nirvana, like Kurt Cobain dies and then yeah, you, Nirvana's yeah, gone. So Yeah. 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 It's just interesting because like you see some bands are able to keep it going, but then other times it just like completely falls apart. Yeah. Queen well, with Freddie. Yeah. So like but the same thing is like from the Rolling Stones dies and Brian Jones was a songwriter, but then they have a couple guitar players and they bring Ronnie Wood in. Imagine if right. Keith Richards or Mick Jagger dead. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I see. I definitely see what you mean. So good. Uh, good little back and forth there. Um, so then question two, I'm mixing it up a little bit with a little musical trivia. Let's see if you know this one. You, I think you probably might, but I figured I'd ask it anyways. What seventies classic rock band famous, famously, would write messages to their fans on their album runoffs. And so if you're not a vinyl junkie, the runoff is like the part that's in the middle where there's no songs. So like that's where usually they would like the producer would write like the serial number of the album on it. But this band used to write messages to their fans on there. On so the, the actual like vinyl on the runoff audio. Yeah, on the runoff. So your options here, I'll give you a little multiple choices. The Eagles, Yellow, Electric Light Orchestra, or Queen. And could you hear the messages in the audio? No, it's just like written on there. So like when you took the album out, you would look at it and be like, oh, look, they wrote something on there. Oh, man. I have vinyl from all three of these bands. And if you... If it was audio, I would have said ELO. It's just etched into the vinyl. And it's like, I if you. Go, uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Bada bing. Yeah. Was the Eagles. I so like, I feel like they, they would do weird things like that. Yeah. So it wasn't on all of their albums, but on one of these nights, Hotel California and the long run. On the first issue, the first pressing of the album, they had messages on the inside. Um, so that's also kind of how you know if you have a first pressing or a first edition. So like if you ever go to a record store and you're buying Hotel California, it says first pressing, open it up and uh, and look to see if there's a message on the runoff. And if it's there, then you know that it's legit. 
So I'm definitely going to look. Yeah. Pretty cool. A lot of bands use do stuff like this. A lot of time it's just a serial number, but, um, you know, like the Eagles, you know, look and check your, uh, runoffs and see if you got anything cool from the band. So, and then to round it out, question three, um, and I'm specifying outside of the Grateful Dead, what is a band in the last five years that you've discovered that you thought you would never like? Yeah, that's like, that's definitely the one because I kind of hated them <laughs> when I was a kid and in high school. I kind of thought the music sucked, <laughs> except for Touch of Grey and Casey Jones. Um, That's like the Grateful Dead starter pack for people, though. So It really is, which is also, yeah, I can't say the band because I like the band. Um... I'm going through Spotify playlist. You know what? Ah, I'm not fully into Tom Petty yet, so I can't really say that. I don't want to put ideas um, in your head, but what about John Mayer? Yeah, I want to say that, but I feel like that's too basic because I feel like there's a connection there with the Grateful Dead, and I didn't want to say it. But it's honestly, Jason. John Mayer, I'm sorry to like be basic like that, but he's just so good, and I never liked him. Except for uh, Waiting on the World to Change. I just like was... That's also the John Mayer starter pack. Yeah, it is. It is, and I think he's unbelievable now. Yeah, Yeah. I think Austin mentioned it on the draft, but I feel like he gets a bum rap sometimes because of his like early days in the pop stuff, which are still bangers. But if you listen to uh, like songs like Queen of California and and, uh, some of his more like folky albums that he released in the 2010s, they're uh, they're really, really cool and stuff that you would never even think he would record if you only listened to his early stuff. So I guess also like to add on to that, I'm really glad I got into I think I'm actually really glad in the last five years I got into Genesis and Genesis is prog rock stuff. Cause that helped me appreciate more pink Floyd songs, which then helped me appreciate, you know, different kinds of music like the grateful dead. So I, John Mayer, I think is the basic go-to answer, but it's really Genesis is prog rock, which I mean, everything from 1980 backwards when Peter Gabriel was the lead singer. Very so Neil's, music. Neil's to say Genesis cracked the door open for you to ultimately yeah. become a deadhead. Uh, Genesis cracked the door for me to start listening to weird music. Because if you've never listened to Genesis' 70s stuff from like Foxtrot and uh, Lamb Lies Down on Broadway and Selling England by the Pound, like literally their 70s stuff. It's going to be some of the weirdest music you've ever heard, but it opens the door. It's freaking weird. It, it does, <laughs> but it, it gets you to start listening to concept albums, which then helps you like appreciate like yes more Then helps you appreciate like Jethro Tull more. And literally from 1976 backwards because 1976 forwards, Phil Collins took over. It's very weird, but. And that's when they just started pumping out bangers. But they started pumping out radio hits, though. Like, 
like pop music, but it's still progressive rock. Right. It's still, it's still weird. It's just the '70s stuff was more weird. Yeah. Yeah. Genesis. I know what you mean. That's the answer. Yeah. You got to get into the '70s Genesis stuff. You got to start listening to it. I do like Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. I'm starting to come around to it a little bit. So. It's a great album. I remember when I was working at Joe's on Saturday, uh, my bosses were like, do you like Genesis? I'm like, hell yeah, I like Genesis. Thinking they were going to put the 80s stuff on. They put the whole Lamb Lies Down on Broadway album, and I listened to the whole thing, and that's when I was fully like embraced and dove into it. Yeah. So there you go. If you ever want to know why Mike's a deadhead, it all started with Genesis. Yeah, pretty much, honestly, yeah. Yeah. All right. Floor is yours. All right. Um, I, I want to I switch my questions around. I want to ask you my trivia question first. Rock trivia. Who plays the famous guitar solo on Michael Jackson's Beat It? I'm really hoping you don't know the answer. I do know the answer. <sighs> Rascals. Let's give, our, let's give our listeners a, a little bit of a... A little pause to try and to try and answer it. I, I would like to include them and we'll also post this the day of on a post and have you guys try and answer. Yeah. Well, not to uh, you know, bury the lead, but it's arguably one of the uh, greatest guitarists of all time. And probably if you yeah. if you just listen to the song, you'd be like, Wow, great guitar solo, but then the minute that you hear who it is Listen to the song and it will all make sense after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the famous guitar solo was played by none other than Sir John Edward Mayer. Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> Final answer. Yeah, it's it's Eddie Van Halen. Uh, my dad actually. R.I.P. Told he told me the trivia question. I didn't know until he told me, and I was like, wait. Yeah, R.I.P. is right. Another gone too soon. Yeah kind of forget that he died just because i feel yeah, like it yeah. just came out of nowhere yeah. but like i said arguably could be said to be the greatest guitar player of all time yeah yeah so i agree i feel like sometimes van halen gets like the nickelback treatment a little bit i don't know David why Roth but it's just so weird yeah, but and, he's awesome okay. hot take here he's actually not a good singer no he is Okay, no, 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 no. You guys, you guys have to go on YouTube and listen to his audio tracks. Just the audio. They're awesome. Realize, I know no, what they sound like. They're awesome. So bad. He is. When the music's going and everything's coming together, it's great. But as a singer, he is not good. As but he, singer, like, he is he's like he's perfect good. for Van. Like he, yeah, he wouldn't be in any other band, but in Van Halen, he's amazing. Like he fits yeah, exactly. the vibe. Yeah, so when the music's when when the guitar and the bass and the drums comes together, yes, it works. But on his own, there's a reason why he's not successful without Van Halen. Disagree, but I agree with the the not being successful part. I disagree with the fact that he's oh, not a good well, singer. So okay. So are you a Ouch. are you a Van Hagar guy or are you no, a no, uh, no no no, no. I'm or are Van you Hagar David Lee? Or... I I don't like the re- I like Sammy. I think Sammy's cool, but their biggest they have. Really so- they have some. They have a couple of banger albums with Sammy, but I think the Van Halen well, that I know and love is with David he, Lee Roth. Dreams is a great song. That's with, a uh, great album. That whole yeah. album is good. Yeah. 
it's a good song, but the big the big ones are with with David Lee Roth. But he's just such a weird guy. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll digress from uh from David Lee Roth then. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah. Pretty cool. (laughs) Next question. Uh, Who is one musician alive or dead you'd like to jam with? So for you being a bass player, it'd probably be a guitar player. Yeah. So I feel like the chalk easy answer for me would be Paul McCartney because I watched McCartney 312 on Hulu, which I've been gassing this pot, this uh, doc on probably almost every episode except the maybe the last one. Listen, like go on Hulu, s- steal your friend's account if you don't have it, and uh, and watch it because it's so cool. Just Rick Rubin picking his brain, you know, eighty whatever years of of knowledge, and uh, it would. I I don't even know if I would want to jam with him. I think I would just want to sit in a room with him and just pick his brain. But to like actually jam with, Jerry I don't know. Jerry. I want. <laughs> oh, I no, not Jerry. Uh, I don't know. I I watched another uh, album or uh, doc. I my brain is mo- again. My brain is just complete mush. I'm in shambles today. Um, I watched another doc that had um, Jack White, Jimmy Page, and The Edge. And I oh yeah, that's good. Jimmy Page just Great seems like like those like The Edge and yeah. um, I think what was it called like Keeping in I don't it was like I, hot I haven't in, seen the whole thing, but I've seen clips of them talking. Yeah, I don't know like what the, the conversations I don't remember. are. Great. Yeah, our, our listeners are going to crucify us here for uh, for talking about a doc and not knowing what the title is. But uh, I think that it would be cool just to be in a room with Jimmy Page because he just like there's yeah. just like a mystique about him. I don't know. It would be cool just to jam he with him. Like he was in arguably one of the most loaded bands. He was in the band. He was in Yardbirds with Jeff Beck and Eric Clapton. They had three of the world's best guitar players boom 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 like the stories that he must have are crazy and zeppelin like yeah so yeah chalk chalk answer paul mccartney but other answer jimmy page nice that's actually i did not expect that one so that's cool yeah all right i think this is a good question so in the day of age, get talk, very appropriate for this question, where rap and hip hop are taking over the music industry, the music scene, what is allowing rock to stay afloat? What keeps the flame lit? That is exactly my question. I mean, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the with the question of you saying rap and hip hop are taking over because they've been around no, for but like, but, but, 30 I mean, plus years, to, but follow the Grammys, like artist of the year is always a rap, hip hop, pop, like album of the year is rap, hip hop, pop. I think I would like, say, no, I would rephrase no the question. I would rephrase the question to say in a day of age where like popular music is rap, hip hop, I mean, and just like sure. pop music yeah. in general. 
Yeah. I mean, I what allows too, rock like to social media? It's, it's like the only thing you hear. But yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's a better phrase. Like rock and alternative music. I think there's still an appreciation there just because of the legends of the game are still alive and like, and influencing still the artists of today. Um, so like you think about a guy like, like John Mayer, Jack White, who fighters are still relevant. Um, I know Arctic monkeys, uh, Queens of the stone age, you know, I'm probably leaving off so many other bands that my, yeah, that my mush brain can't even think of like chili peppers are still, you know, putting out albums that are, you know, chart toppers. And I think it's cause like, there's still legends of the game that are at the top of their game still, um, that are still doing it. Mm -hmm. And are able to influence art, you know, up and coming artists uh, of today to to strive for greatness. Yeah. So you know, it's I mean, it's like music is cyclical though. So like the music that was popular 60 years ago, you know, people were probably sitting there being like, "Oh, this this rock music, why is it so popular?" You know, and being old man yelling at a cloud. Um, but like. People still liked them, you know, the jazz and the uh, and the crooner music 60 years, 70 years ago, because those people were still alive, keeping it going. Yeah. And that's why, like today, like the, you know, bands are still putting out great rock alt albums because there's still an, there's still an appreciation for it. It's not the most popular music anymore. But when like the Chili Peppers put out an album last year, two albums, everyone yeah. was going crazy about them, you know. So it's just because there's legends of the game. I think they're still alive. They're still doing it and putting out high, high quality music. So and then they're talking even, about their influences, and then people are listening to those influences. Right. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I think kind of helps. And as much as I kind of crapped on it in the last episode, where like you have kids that are wearing band shirts. And they don't even listen to the band. Somebody is telling them that those are cool to wear. They're wearing them. And then they're like, well, let me listen to it. Like after, you know, teacher me insults a kid, jokes around with a kid for not knowing four songs. And he's like, well, I'm going to go back and listen to the music. Right. So I think that vintage, like retro, like, because that stuff's coming back. You know, that vintage retro stuff to wear. I think that helps. The style is coming back around and it's getting kids to listen to that stuff. Yeah. And just like docs and podcasts help still talking, talk about music that is a little older, but then they're like, Oh, like I'll listen to them. What's a related artist to like the chili peppers. And then that Spotify or whatever, Apple music streaming platform that they listen to music on, will just take them down a rabbit hole. So, you know, yeah, sure. Long answer to pretty much just yeah. say it's still relevant. It's just not mm-hmm. the most popular. Well said. So. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all we got it for today, I think. You know, anything else? Any parting shots for the listeners here? Anything unscripted? No, I mean, let's. I, I like looking at the analytics. We have, not to be a meme, 69 total plays as of today, which is the 20, 28th. Um, 
seems like you guys really liked episode four in the pilot. Makes sense. The pilot's the first one. Give a listen to episode two and three if you want to hear me absolutely rip Taylor Swift and all of her listeners that may be associated with my partner in crime over here. Again, I'm sorry. Didn't mean to hurt your feelings. But just big appreciation for our friends and families. And if you're if you don't know us directly and you stumbled upon this from from Instagram, there's a lot of people that we don't know that are there's 40 people in the audience. I don't know if that's all of our friends and family. If you're not associated with us directly, thank you for, you know, for watching. For gassing us up. Yeah. And, you know, it's been really nice. Some of my, I don't know about you, but some of my, like, friends from college in my pledge class and that were younger were reaching out to me and, you know, talking to me about how they listened to our first episode about Boston. And then they listened to the Boston either on vinyl or on the CD, and I'm like, that's what it's supposed to be. You know, like, they're listening, and then we're getting them educated, and then they want to listen to it again. Um, So it's just fun to be able to put out content for you guys. Yeah, no, this has been been a blast, and, you know, I feel like we're talking like it's the end. It's only the beginning, so... Uh, you know, thank you. Thank you for, like I said, from the bottom of my heart, for those that have, uh, supported us for the, through the first, uh, leg of our journey here. And we're, uh, you know, obviously going to keep pumping out more content. If you have ideas, you know, thoughts, uh, content that you want to see or hear, you know, put it in our, uh, Instagram, put it, uh, on Spotify, give us feedback. We're always looking to put out new stuff. So, uh, you know, I guess until next time, Mike. It's a blast as always. Enjoy the ride. Keep trucking. You know, if you get confused, listen to the music play, baby. All right. Peace.